2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Fight Fan with Pete
0: Hoffman time. Y'all must have forgot why we the best. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say maybe don't watch them and they go back to soccer.
2: You know, I made history here tonight. I set another record. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and odyssey.com. You
0: guys caught me under, under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side, so he could get it, too. He could get his ass whipped, too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it, too. I
2: definitely want to defend my 145 belt. And
0: let's see. I'm going to talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm going to call you. I'm going to have a talk. I love you.
2: Here's your Fight Fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the
0: Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter. And as always, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman everywhere else on all the social media. That means WFAN.com and the app. It's sort of like an emergency podcast. Typically, I send out podcasts, do my podcast every Friday, put it out there, get all my guests. But Mark Taffet joined me a little while ago. He is the manager of Clarissa Shields. Yes, the boxer, Clarissa Shields, who is debuting at PFL next Thursday on ESPN. And Mark gives me a good half hour. was gracious with his time. was grateful with his time. I'm so uh, happy to, to have had him on. But we've gotten to everything with Clarissa Shields, with some boxing stuff that's going on, and it just amazing take from everything with, with Mark. Amazing mind. A fantastic spokesman for combat sports, for boxing and MMA. Uh, Again, Mark Taffet, if you remember, was from HBO, former VP of HBO Boxing, HBO Sports pay-per-view. So, no further ado, here he is, Mark Taffet. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, and right now I'm being joined by a legendary... Person in the combat sports world, former head of HBO Pay-Per-View, Mark Taffet. Mark, how you doing? Thank you so much for hopping on. I appreciate the time, man.
1: Yeah, I'm doing great, Pete. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a great time to uh, be working with Clarissa Shields, so I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, you know, Clarissa, you know, it's unbelievable what she's doing with the transition she's going to make into MMA, her first fight, I believe, PFL, uh, June 10th is her first fight. Give me a little background about how she, when, when did she start to, to draw interest in the MMA world?
1: Well, you know, Clarissa and I work always on a rolling two-year plan. And we're always looking to the future because Clarissa is a once-in-a-lifetime <clears throat> once figure. So I really want to make history with her, as I tell her, every fight. And I would say about a year and a half ago, she started talking to me about fighting MMA. At the time, she was interested to see if Amanda Nunes would fight her, or potentially if Chris Cyborg would fight her. So we had a number of conversations then, and I started putting a plan together with her to not have her leave boxing and go to MMA, because she's such a, a great boxer and she still has history to make there. But we thought it would be much more, more impactful, particularly with her uh, quote claims and being the greatest woman of all time, which is really the goal of hers, to pursue both sports at the same time. And do what the Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson did. Except, honestly, in the case of Clarissa, it's even more difficult because they had seasons that didn't overlap much. Boxing and MMA overlap all the time. You know They're they're both year-round sports, so she's got to be training in both sports simultaneously all the time if she's going to be serious about this, and she wants to be a champion in both sports and hold titles simultaneously. So she's got to work cut out for her, but uh, if anyone can do it, Clarissa can.
0: No, she certainly can, and, and the people that I've seen her train with in MMA world, uh, the Holly Holm, Michelle Waterson, John Jones camps, I mean, you're talking about the elite of the elite MMA world. Uh, that's got to be an experience for her. I mean, you're talking about some of the best in, in the sport. So, I mean, you can't really get any better. So, so, clearly, she's taking it serious and people are taking her serious.
1: You know, when we started to talk about where to train and what to do, I said to her, look, Carissa, there's a number of places you can go. You can go wherever you want. Um, but I think if we can get with Mike Winklejohn and Greg Jackson at the legendary Jackson Wink MMA Academy in New Mexico that we're on top of the mountain. That's the Holy Grail. And course is very friendly with John Jones and she's also friendly with Holly. So she had conversations with them. I spoke to Mike and to Greg and they said, Mark, it would be our privilege to train the world's greatest female boxer to make a move into MMA. And um, so she started to go there, and I have to say she, she felt right at home immediately. The athletes were great to her. Michelle and Holly and John have been wonderful. Uh, not only have uh, Mike Winklejohn and Greg Jackson given completely unselfishly of their time to her, um, but many of the other coaches who have specialties in, in all of the uh, you know, arts of MMA, have all come and helped her and work with her. She's doing two a days. I mean, Clarissa, listen, one thing about her, she's serious. She's serious about her goals in life and her need to accomplish them. And uh, she probably trains six hours a day when she's out there in New Mexico. Um, I've never seen anything like it. She's in great shape. She's working with and developing muscles that she hadn't worked with and done much with in boxing. So I'm thrilled from an athletic standpoint as she, uh, you know, how she's, growing she's young she's got uh she she's like a sponge she soaks up everything they teach her immediately um so i you know i, I bite my tongue and hold my breath a little and you know I'm, I'm excited and anxious and everything you'd expect but i know i've got the greatest female athlete in the world here and uh nothing could be more exciting than to be a part of the historic journey with her starting june 10th with the pfl on espn two.
0: Yeah, no, looking forward to it. I mean, listen, I, I, I am a big MMA guy. That's my background. But we've seen boxers uh, try to make the plunge into MMA. Heather Hardy, who I know very well, uh, she's made the, the, the plunge to Bellator and then back to boxing. Again, never really giving up boxing, but just trying to go that route because that seems to be where the money is for females. Get, which is crazy because you think about boxing has been around for such a long time, but MMA has really put women on the map and make them competitive and made it almost equal. Now, listen, the pay is still not as big as they'd like it to, but compared to boxing, the MMA really has put them on a different, different, different class.
1: Well, you know, the, the pandemic actually helped make this decision or facilitate this move even easier for Clarissa. Because, uh, as I've said to many people, women's boxing in the United States wasn't put to the back of the bus. It was thrown off the bus during uh, the Mm. coronavirus pandemic. Um, And Clarissa, she's a young girl in the physical prime of her life with a lot of history she still wants to make and and huge goals about what she wants to do, not just in sports, but for women on the uh, equality front. So we said, you know what, let's put pedal to the metal. Let's get you out to New Mexico and get training. Uh, PFL is a fantastic organization. Their uh, CEO, Pete Murray, has been uh, a partner in every sense of the word uh, since the day we began discussions with him. They are not only focused on, uh, on Clarissa and her brand as well as their brand of PFL. They're incredibly talent-friendly and talent-sensitive and um we just clarissa loves working with them i love working with pete and everybody on his team um so it, it just felt so good and so comfortable but at the end of the day you're right many people have tried this before uh, some women have tried this transition it's pretty tough to reach the level of greatness that clarissa's reached in boxing you got to remember she's only doing mma for maybe six months this is brand new she started doing boxing when she was 11 years old went to the Olympics when she was 16, 17. So um, six months is not a lot of time. Again, what do we love about PFL? Clarissa has the commitment. PFL said, let's take the time to do it right and develop you correctly. They have the same philosophy Clarissa does. We're not here to do uh, a fight uh, within two months against someone at the level of Amanda Nunes or even in the case of PFL against someone like Kayla Harrison. We're doing two special attractions, one-offs this year, while we also do boxing. Next year, after we monitor this year's progress, we'll sit with PFL and uh, Clarissa's trainers, uh, Mike Winkle, John, and Greg Jackson, and together we'll decide whether she should do two more uh, developmental bouts and special attractions next year, or whether she should go into the season, the full season schedule. Um, But again, PFL has said they're in this for the long run with her. uh, And they want to develop their league and their property consistent with her development. So we'll see how it goes. I have to say, though, when you got somebody like Clarissa Shields, you can just imagine it's going to take, uh, you know, a lot of steel and a lot of bricks to hold her back from participating in their season next year because she wants to be the best. And she says that give her a year and she'll be ready for anybody.
0: Mark Taffet joining the fight fan right now with Pete Hoffman. Uh, one thing I've heard from so many fighters is the PFL really has taken care of them. Like it's it's rare when you could say an organization is behind you 100% because there's, there's always, I mean, UFC is one of the biggest MMA organizations, but all the fighters, a lot of fighters, look at Anthony Pettis, who left to go to the PFL. A lot of fighters are leaving because they just feel like they're not being treated as well. They're even going to Bellator all these other, other promotions. So it's got to be a good feeling to be able to work with someone, to work with with an organization that's really looking to, to help out and benefit your fighter. You know, they call us all the
1: time, not just Pete, but his marketing people, his production people, his social media people, his public relations people. They're calling all the time and asking, how's Clarissa? How's she doing? How's she feeling? How are we doing with her? Is she comfortable with us? Does she like the way we're handling you know, the various uh, programs and promotions and things we're involving her with? Does she like the way we're producing and representing her? They have a real sincere interest in the athletes. And that's why you don't hear athletes talking about leaving PFL. Um, They love it. And and they should, because I have to say, for 25 years, you know, I worked in boxing. And I never saw any organization or surely any promoter that paid the attention to the athletes like PFL does. And I know they're a league. It's different. But they still are the organization that the athlete relies on. And I've never seen anyone pay attention to them. In the MMA world, I think what they're doing is unprecedented. They're just wonderful folks. And um, that's, you know, Clarissa, as I said, immediately uh, felt like family with them and comfortable with them. And uh, I think it, it's even, it'll be reflected in her performance because she's relaxed when it comes to what she needs to do with them and for them, I already see their fight week schedule they've got set up. Again, very, very uh, sensitive to the schedule and needs of the athletes. They want their athletes uh, rested. They want them in great physical shape, they, but they want them in good mental and emotional shape as well. They're worried, how's her diet? How's the weight? Everything you'd want an athletic organization to be concerned about, they show concern and sensitivity about. So we're thrilled to be there. Clarissa loves being with them. And uh, we anticipate that this is going to be a great run and it'll be another historic journey for Clarissa and this time with PFL.
0: Uh, Mark, you know, it's, it's amazing to me because you being a former head of HBO pay-per-views and just the amount the amazing shows and, and boxing events that you put on, you know, how did you when did you really feel like MMA was something that you were you yourself would even be part of?
1: You know, it's so interesting. When I was at HBO, we actually uh, negotiated with UFC for a few years. We, we tried to see if there was a way that we could find enough common ground to go forward. And for a lot of appropriate reasons on both sides, it, it just didn't work. Um, but I had exposure to them. And look, I know Dana White very well. I have a wonderful relationship with him. You know, we talk a lot about business, about pay-per-view, about MMA, about athletes and their accomplishments. Dana's a huge boxing fan. So... There's a camaraderie there that's, that's special. I know Scott Coker for uh, 20 years.
0: One of the Scott nicest guys call. out there, right? Scott
1: is just wonderful, soul-to-the-earth guy who happens to be great at what he does in addition <laughs> you know, to being a great guy. And um, I spoke to him a number of times about Bellator and pay-per-view and potentially developing product with him. Um, again, a wonderful relationship and camaraderie. Um so I was always followed the sport a very dear friend of mine from boxing Mark Ratner who went over to UFC to work on their um you know government relations um was uh you know one of my best friends in boxing and so I sp- I kept up with Mark and spoke to him over the years so I've watched it um you can't help but admire the uh the success that MMA has had how quickly it's come to the forefront Um, the, you know, incredible appeal to the younger demographic, which frankly has been a demographic that boxing had some difficulty, you know, making the appeal to, um, and I give credit to MMA for that. So from a business perspective, I was interested athletes being schooled in five disciplines in order to participate. That's incredible. Clarissa says training for MMA is the hardest thing she's ever done. That it's incredibly more difficult than just training for boxing because there's so many disciplines and you've got to get it to the point where you can mix them and match them without even thinking about it. You know, when you speak a foreign language, until you think in that language, you can't be successful. You can't think in English and translate when you do it. Uh, In MMA, it's got to come like second nature to deal with all these disciplines. And um, Clarissa has respect for the sport, Um, but I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the fact that the bouts are shorter. The fact that I think there's very often more action than there is in boxing. There's a lot there that fans can be drawn to. Um, Great production values by the folks that are doing it. And, you know, there was talk early on about what's the violence level or MMA versus boxing. I got to tell you, in MMA, what happens is superficial. It's only superficial. It doesn't go deeper than that. Um, And therefore, I actually think that in many ways, it's safer than boxing. So I'm thrilled that Clarissa's is doing this and trying this. I know we're going to make a lot more history in boxing. You know, she's already the greatest woman of all time in boxing. She wants to be the greatest woman of all time in all combat sports. That's a lofty goal, but we're, we're headed there and we're, we're out to do it. Um, and in boxing, I'd like to see her win uh, undisputed world titles in at least one more weight division, make it three, so that's not just one but two divisions away from anyone. No one's done it in two different divisions, but her. Uh, I'd like to see her win uh, heavyweight, win world titles. Excuse me, in four weight divisions. I think she can do it, and um, you know it'll just cement her status and, and distance her that much further from those that have preceded her and those that will come in the future. And then, of course, you know, adding some of those uh, MMA titles to the banner and accomplishments. Again, it will lift women's sports. Not only Clarissa. Um, And hopefully it'll uh, create equality faster in women's boxing as Clarissa bounces back and forth between the sports. I think it will. And if that happens, then, you know, what a wonderful thing to do.
0: That would be incredible. And it's amazing to, to hear you say that. That the superficial injuries in MMA compared to boxing, because I I have had arguments with with tons of people. One of my dear friend of mine, a, a, a former host, Tony Page. I'm not sure. If you, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with him, but sure. he was he yeah. was he was always against MMA because of the injuries that followed suit. But I always say it's like. It's really not, it's not, because they always, it's always the extra punch. It's always what visually you see when someone lands on the, on the ground and then they're (laughs) ground and pound, but it's not, it's really, it's not as bad as you think. And and it's only for a small isolated period of time until the ref will stop the fight. So I, I, I do agree. I'm on your, listen, and I've spoken to football players, which will say that football is worse than MMA. So, I, yeah. you know, you, you, you take a combat sports away from some of these other high-level sports. You know, MMA, again, you're, 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 you know what you're getting into when you step into the cage.
1: Yeah, I really, again, you know, you see things superficially. So in the mind's eye, you make them, uh, you know, I think bigger than they are. And I'm not saying, believe me, you know, it's a very physical sport. And it takes a certain toughness and grit to get in there and courage to do it. However, I, uh, you know, it's not a thousand, uh, punches, you know, to the head, it's a different type of combat. And, um, so from that perspective, I don't uh, agree with those that think um, that it's at the extreme end of, of, uh, violence. I think it's, it's, it takes great athletes. It takes great training, Um, To be, as I said, to be schooled in five disciplines is remarkable, Um, and it's exciting. The fans love it. They love it for a reason. They can't get enough of it. I'm excited. I'm excited for Clarissa. I think she's going to do great in boxing and MMA. I think she's going to manage the two of them together very well, and we're thrilled with PFL. We we hope that as Clarissa realizes success, it it only helps uh, PFL realize even more success because the team there deserves it.
0: We, we've seen some phenomenal female athletes run through MMA. You talk about Ronda Rousey, who's known for her wrestling. Um, but, you know, BK had some knockout wins here and there. Amanda Nunez, as you sp- once spoke about, you know, she she knocked her out. And Holly Holm knocked out Ronda Rousey. You see the different levels of, of fighters in, in in female MMA. Now, Clarissa... Her main goal, her name, her main background is boxing. But how do you feel that she's adjusted over these past six months uh, with the ground game? Do you feel like we've seen we've seen even Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. his him losing to Dustin Poirier. What was the biggest issue for for him versus Dustin Poirier? He never checked the calf kick, and that screwed mm-hmm. up his entire fight, and he wasn't able to to. Uh, you know, perform at a level that he's we're used to seeing and it just threw him off his game. Has Clarissa, what is Clarissa's, I don't want to say what's her her downside, what's the, the hardest part for her, but what, what do you see as the, the biggest challenge for her going into well, an MMA fight?
1: The biggest challenge for Clarissa isn't going to be to learn disciplines in addition to boxing. It's going to be, as I said, to sort of do them without thinking about it, to do it where it's more intuitive so that she can use it and and adapt. Um, But she's a phenomenal athlete. She has God-given abilities that no one else in the world has. Very, very few athletes. I always said in boxing, the only boxer I think that has the skills of Clarissa Shields is Floyd Mayweather. I saw a lot of boxers Mm -hmm. for 25 years at HBO. I think Clarissa is that good. Um, And she's working so hard at MMA, I've seen her, she's working on jujitsu. She's working on wrestling. She's learning how not to get taken down. She's learning how to get up after a takedown. Look, initially the most important things to learn are avoid getting taken down. And if you are taken down, how to get, get out of it and get back up because her strength early on for sure will be as a striker, but as she, and she's putting a lot of time and effort into that. And her coaches are working hard on that. But in addition she's learning wrestling and jujitsu quickly and in early stages. Um, she's doing a lot of exercises, teaching her kicks and skills. I mean, she's got great balance. She's got great muscle memory, um, her athletic abilities off the charts. So she learns faster than almost anyone would ever learn these things. Um, of course, early on, I expect striking to be her strength, but she is so motivated to accept the challenge and I think she want, can't wait to win an MMA fight by disciplines other than boxing. And I think she wants so badly to do that and show that, that she's going to surprise people with where she goes within the first 12 months of her, of her uh, MMA fights um, with PFL. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, uh, Clarissa, I know. I think you watch and you see what she does. That's what's so exciting. Um, and uh, when it all becomes second nature to her, she could become one of the most complete uh, combat sports fighters ever. And like I said, she wants to hold championships in both. She wants to hold championships in both simultaneously. Um, You know, she wants to win that million-dollar prize and take that PFL gold ring. You know, that's what she's looking for. And uh, she's never not accomplished what she set her mind to, regardless of the challenge. And let me tell you something. She came out of Flint, Michigan. She had to virtually raise her siblings as she grew up. She grew up in a difficult environment with Uh, abuse that no child should ever go through. She was robbed of her childhood. And um, yet she didn't just survive. She thrived. She became a two-time Olympic gold, not one time, two-time Olympic gold medal winner. Who can do that? I mean, that's why Universal Pictures is making a a, a movie of her life. That's why Clarissa has, uh, you know, so many people interested and so many media people that want to talk to her. Her story is one of a kind. And uh, there are others... Somewhat like it, but none that have gone as deep into some of the issues that she's had to deal with and then have come out on such an extreme on the other side of, of success and accomplishment. It's, it's amazing to me. It breaks my heart on the one hand, and yet it gives me, makes my heart smile on the other to see what she's done. And um, I think that's what makes her the great champion she is. That's what makes her the great fighter for equality and women's rights that she is. And that's what's going to continue to make her uh, the greatest uh, women athlete of all time before she's done,
0: I, I'm excited. I can't wait for her to stuff a takedown and her opponent just <laughs> shake because I've seen that plenty of times. Like we just saw it in a UFC fight, in the heavyweight fight with Francis Ngannou and Stipe uh, Miocic, where Stipe went in for a takedown and Francis stuffed him and it was like, uh oh. Game-changer right there. And that's where, mm-hmm. when we see something like that with Clarissa, it's going to be a game-changer because no one wants to strike yeah. with her. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, 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 I know that. It's, uh, listen, the, early on, you have to have uh, appropriate expectations. I'm hoping the fans judge her appropriately and don't expect too much too quickly. She is Clarissa Shields, so the bar is set high. The expectations are high. Um, And everybody's saying, you know, is she going to be as great in MMA as she is in boxing? She's six months into this brand new discipline, which requires five different sports uh, to accomplish. Well, give the kids some time, but will she accomplish? Oh, I'm sure she'll accomplish. And again, PFL is committed to the long haul, the developmental road so that Clarissa can be the best Clarissa Shields possible. As a result, I can't wait to see. She will get there, and when she does, um, I'm sure she'll be spectacular in her early fights, but as she develops more and more in her arsenal, I think we're going to see a different kind of MMA fighter, and it's going to be really beautiful to watch, and, and again, it'll be great to see women and women's sports reach yet another pinnacle.
0: I love it. Again, such a chess match, you know, I just, I love watching everything, I love to see what what people can do when they're faced with uh, you know when they're in a situation that they're not used to, and that, that that's what, that's what this is basically. and even though six months she's training, it's not this is not as familiar yeah. as boxing, but you met Mark, you mentioned a name earlier, you said Floyd Mayweather. you know, this weekend coming up, there's Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. It's an exhibition. Um, what give me you've put some of the best promotions together in the boxing world. Give me your take on some of these uh, show showy exhibitions, whatever you want mm-hmm. to whatever whatever you want to call it. Give give me your yeah. take on these because now we have Jake Paul going up against an actual combat sports fighter, and, a, and again, not he's a he's an MMA former MMA champ, uh, Tyron Woodley. They just announced it, but he's not a boxer. So give me give me your take on these fights. Yeah, well,
1: so I have a couple of different perspectives on it. Um, Floyd Mayweather is in his 40s. Floyd has accomplished everything anyone could ever accomplish in boxing and more. Um, And he's given us thrills and chills for decades. Um, If Floyd can entertain fans by doing fights like this, all power to him. I think in Floyd, you're seeing the best in the world. I think Floyd can beat. The Pauls, he could beat them both in the same night. And he could do it as quickly as he chooses to do it. He's that good. They don't belong in a ring with him when it comes to boxing. However, Floyd's an entertainer, and he may make it entertaining. You know what? If he goes in and blows them out in a round, he'll do it in an entertaining manner. If he takes three or four rounds to play a little before he decides to win, that'll be, he'll, he'll do that in an entertaining manner. Floyd has a knack for making it entertaining so that you get your money's worth. He did that with Conor McGregor. I mean, you know, McG- listen, all power to Conor McGregor. Incredible that he got in the ring with a Floyd Mayweather having, you know, no professional boxing before. It's incredible. And Conor actually did very well. I think Conor much more skilled than some of the other uh, f- folks who are trying to do boxing right now that aren't professional boxers or haven't done it for many years. It's not my cup of tea, but the beauty of pay-per-view is that, the fans decide. If it doesn't work out, then the fans won't buy the next one. And the fan, it's an evolving form of entertainment. Surely with Floyd Mayweather, we know we're going to get some entertainment. When you get to some of the other matches, uh, like uh, Jake Paul with Woodley, you know, I don't know. You know. It's a whole different ballgame with Floyd, and you're buying a whole different type of event with Floyd. Um, we'll see where the other ones go. Um, I don't know if there's uh, a lot of boxing skill involved in, in the, some of those other matches. Again, I think the consumers will, will learn and determine for themselves. As a result, the business people will respond appropriately. Nobody's going to do it to lose millions of dollars every time out. So if it works and it's entertaining, good for everybody, then the matches will continue. If they're not, and they become one-sided or unskilled then the public won't want them and the uh, people putting them on won't put them on. But if Floyd Mayweather goes in against other skilled athletes like he did with Connor, you know it'll be entertaining because, you know, Floyd knows what he's doing and that's how good he is. So uh, I don't take anything away from Floyd and I'm sure he's going to make it a good, fun night no matter what.
0: I, I agree, Floyd. Listen, I, he let Connor into that fight, gave him some credibility, too. He still was able to have a successful MMA career after that fight, which is what I was worried about. I, coming from the MMA yeah. world, I was like, mm-hmm. if Connor gets shut out real quick, this is going to be very embarrassing. But, it, you know, he held his own, and, and that was thankful to Floyd Mayweather. I don't know if he's going to do the same thing with Logan, but we, we shall see. Uh, Mark, you in the world where we are seeing a lot of these showcases of these fun events that people are buying into for pay per views, and MMA is really starting to get, they're creating a lot more leagues, a lot more you know places for people to fight. In in the boxing world, is there any recommendation that you have? I feel like a lot of times they're missing the boat some of these fights. Like, you know, I, I'm excited to see – I was so excited to see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury finally get together. That was something that I was like, okay, good. Finally we get to see that fight. And then Wilder, you know, puts the, puts the trump card out there and we're going to see the Wilder-Fury rematch again, which I'm not really as interested in. Do you, do you feel like boxing still can't get some things right with, with the big names? Well, I think
1: that, look, boxing is mano a mano, two people, nobody else in that ring, one against the other, face-to-face, head-to-head, punch-to-punch. That's exciting. Inherently, that's an exciting proposition. As long as boxing continues to attract great athletes, most importantly, the sport shouldn't be too splintered with too many factions. That prevents the great fights from getting made. As long as boxing has the best fighting the best, the matchups the fans want to see, then the sport will be healthy. The minute these splinters and factions prevent fights from getting done, uh, it's going to be a problem. Uh, And we'll see. There's sort of an ebb and flow. They happen for a while, then they don't. I see more and more cooperation uh, now uh, than I have for many years. And I think that's because there's a realization that, you know what, there's some competition out there. MMA's competition some of these entertainment events are competition for consumer dollars, something different in the sport world the consumer dollars are being competed for. I think that people in the boxing business and the sport will, will realize, you know what, we better overcome our own issues and not get in our own way because we all got a lot more in common than we do different and we need to work together. If that happens, the other thing I need to happen here in boxing, I think that people have to recognize is the sport has to continue to evolve with the times. It has to be entertaining. It has to appeal to the attention span uh, of the of the fans and the viewers. Younger fans like more action. they like things quicker. they like things in shorter bites, so to speak. Um, boxing may have to think about that and 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 modify uh, at some point uh, some of the rules. Um, every sport modifies its rules. Boxing can do it too if necessary. Um, I also think that. Boxing has to do a better job of incorporating new technologies into the presentations and production values. That is sometimes as much as anything, a reason why people enjoy watching a sport. Um, Yeah, of course it's about the two guys in the ring hitting each other, but give it to the fans in a way that's new, scintillating, titillating, exciting. That can be done with all the great technologies that are out there today. And if boxing moves In that direction, I think it could really uh, resurrect the sport and and take it to another level. Um, If that's done and the right matches are made, boxing will be right up there with all the other combat sports.
0: It's funny because, Mark, I I work in a radio world, right? So, like, we're still like old school radio, but we're really trying to get the digital side of things going as well. And you see what Triller did with how they presented their their event, and it's like a more of like a fun, like hey, we're just chilling, watching some fights, have a bunch of friends hanging out, smoking, drinking, having a good time. Now, I'm not saying that boxing has to go to that level, I'm not saying that MMA has to go yeah. to that level, but you mix and match a little bit, and you take a little bit from here and there, and make it a little bit more of an event that everything is going on. Whether it's Justin Bieber having a, a concert, maybe that's a little bit too much, but they, you can take from from these uh these exhibitions and put it towards your event
1: well let me say this you hit on a
0: very uh, important
1: point the people who bought or who are buying these new entertainment oriented events not only mixing uh boxing and the and other sports but also including all the music that's not the boxing audience that's a different product uh It's a product that appeals to a different demographic and it's working to that demographic, but I think it shouldn't be confused with, with boxing or even with classic MMA. And I guarantee you, if you look at the numbers of which households are buying, I bet there's not a lot of overlap between the boxing homes and the uh, entertainment oriented and sports oriented homes. I, I'm music oriented homes. Excuse me. I think one is a form of entertainment being bought by a new audience The other is more of the audience following that core sport. And um, they look the same. They're being positioned a bit the same sometimes, but they're very different. I guarantee you that the sports combining the entertainment and the music have a much, 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 much higher proportion of buys coming through streaming services and mobile devices than does a classic boxing match which is going to come much more from classic cable, satellite, and telco companies. Um, I know that's the case without even looking at the numbers. And that just means it's different audiences for different sports. You know, when I was at HBO, one of the things I did was a lot of research on boxing and MMA overlap. You know, we used to find that there was only about 10% overlap between the homes that bought uh, both of them. Very wow. little. 90% of each audience from, from the pay-per-view buying audience was unique to that sport. It was only a 10% overlap. And I bet you'll find the same thing when you look at a, a Fury Joshua fight um, or, or, or a Canelo Golovkin fight as opposed to when you mix and match. Um, and I'll tell you something else. The Tyson Jones fight was an outlier. That was Mike Tyson coming back. That wasn't pure boxing. A lot of pure boxing fans would have said, well, these are older guys. I'm not sure this is going to be great boxing. Mike Tyson sold that event. Because Mike Tyson is, is different and stands out from every other fighter and entertainer in the world. People bought that fight because of the curiosity of seeing Mike Tyson. Um, and that's a much bigger, broader audience, and even the younger audience, than, than core boxing fans. Um, that was more of the entertainment audience. So you can't confuse one with the other. And I think they're actually very different sports and very different businesses.
0: I remember when Tyson... Like I think it was almost a decade before that when it was was a T Rex was his exhibition partner and I went and saw that and I was like oh wow you know it you the, the aura that Mike Tyson has yeah. around him it still exists need- it's unbelievable oh, yeah. I, I whether he's on Joe Rogan whether he's doing his own podcast yeah. I still need to watch him yeah. no matter what what is give me the one fight the most difficult fight that you ever had putting together that you almost thought you were gonna lose at last minute
1: oh wow. That's a great, that's a great question. Well, I will say this. Tyson and Lennox Lewis was a very difficult fight to put together. And it was particularly difficult to keep it together after the uh, problem at the opening press conference, you know, where uh, there was a brawl and the curtains came down from the theater on the guests there at the press conference um difficult fight to make because it had two networks it was the first time two networks worked together very difficult took a lot of compromise and understanding of, of psyches to pull that off um and management of a lot of egos and then after that opening press conference where we knew we had to postpone the fight and try to resurrect it oh my god was that difficult finding a jurisdiction that would uh take the fight uh getting the you know the the uh the anger to dissipate between the camps because of what took place. Um, The networks themselves that, you know, and the executives, I was one of them from the networks that said like, wow, you know, we did, we bite off more than we could chew here. Um, It was tough. I had real doubts, but um, that probably was the one I'd say that was most difficult to make. And then the most difficult to resurrect after the, uh, the unfortunate instance uh, at the, at the press conference.
0: Mark, you've been phenomenal. I appreciate the time, man. I'm looking forward to Clarissa in a couple weekends. June 10th, uh, PFL on ESPN. Uh, Anything else that you would like to promote? Yes. One last thing, and I can't forget it. ESPN recognizes
1: how unique and how special Clarissa is and how unique and special her two-sport journey is. And because of that, they have committed to a four episode documentary series on the two sport journey that follows Clarissa as she gets ready for her boxing match, which she had when she won her second undisputed world title and became the first man or woman ever to do that in the four belt era. And then again, as she prepares for her June MMA fight and they'll continue to follow her through the summer and fall as she does another boxing and another MMA fight this year. That documentary series, premieres June 3rd, one week before the June 10th PFL MMA debut on ESPN 2. The documentary series Clarissa Shields premieres on June 3rd on ESPN Plus. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to take you deep inside and down into the emotional makeup of one of the greatest athletes in history. It's very moving. It's very revealing. Uh, It's incredibly truthful. Um, I think viewers are going to love it across all sports. And it's going to bring not only more uh, viewers to Clarissa and to her brand, but to all of women's sports and to all combat sports participants. Check June 3rd, ESPN Plus. Check out Clarissa Shields, the first episode of that documentary. And then tune in, of course, a week later, June 10th, for her PFL MMA premiere on ESPN2. Very exciting
0: times. Mark, you're fantastic. I can't wait for that. I love ESPN. Their documentaries are always phenomenal. So looking forward to that. But Mark, honestly, thank you so much for your gracious time. It's unbelievable. Thanks a lot,
1: Pete. Appreciate
0: it. Thanks again to Mark Taffet. Appreciate the time. That was awesome. Uh, Again, looking forward to Clarissa next week. PFL on ESPN. That's Thursday, June 10th. Also looking forward to that documentary that they put out. Because, again, ESPN does a really good job with the documentaries. But looking forward to Clarissa's debut in MMA. That's going to be awesome. I will have another podcast out this Friday, so don't worry about it. If you're a loyal fan, you will hear more. Uh, We have some good guests coming up, a couple of UFC fighters, some trainers, um, and some maybe other surprise guests that you may actually hear uh, know of on the fan. So check me out at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, At the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Everywhere else, again, that's all social media, WFAN.com. And, of course, the Odyssey app. I will see you guys. Check it out Friday with more. of the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman.